Let's pray together. Father, we do love you and thank you for your word, uh, which you send to heal us. God, thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And Lord, thank you that you are speaking in this hour and, uh, and we would have ears to hear what you would say to us. God, we thank you and we believe you for this. Strengthen us now through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. My title this afternoon, Help, I Feel Alone. Help, I Feel Alone. I could have entitled it, Why Am I Alone? Or I could have entitled it, Loneliness and Alone Time. So many titles I was thinking and pondering in my mind, but I went with Help, I Feel Alone. I feel lonely. Uh, this teaching was particularly impressed on my heart this past week as a result of some recent conversations that my wife and I have had with different people. These are folks who, for one reason or another, have found themselves feeling alone. There are times when it's healthy for us to be alone. Amen. And then there are other times when it's not. We were created for a relationship. Do you know that? God created Adam and Eve for relationships. Adam was to relate to God and to Eve and vice versa. God said it is not good that man should be alone. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone. This word good means beneficial. It's not to any benefit that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Do you know in all the creation story, everything that God did, everything about the creation story it is said was good. It was good. This is the only record anywhere that uh, God said the one thing that is not good is that man should be alone. So I will make a helper fit for him. There's a show that uh, I saw once online uh, entitled Alone. And it was a very interesting show. Uh, it's, a, it's a show that uh, has, they, it's, a, it's actually a contest where they take 10 contestants and they drop them off individually in some remote area, uh, some remote wilderness place. They are miles apart from each other. Sometimes they can be anywhere from five to 10 miles apart from each other. There are wild animals like wolves cougars, grizzly bears. The participants must live off the land and fend for themselves. They have to find food and water, start a fire, and create their own shelter. They can take only 10 items with them. They're allowed only to take, they're only allowed to take 10, uh, to ten, take 10 items with them on this particular, at this particular, on this particular contest, and they basically have a cash prize of $500,000 if they can outlast the other contestants out in the field. There's no one to talk to except the camera that each one is given. 
a camera that they must operate themselves to record their experience. The one toughest challenge for the majority of the that the majority of contest, the contestants face is not having anyone to talk to. The competition goes on for weeks and even months where the only thing they can do is talk to this camera about their experience. So they're recounting their everyday experience in this particular camera. And the toughest thing, sometimes, you know, it's hard to find food and, and hard to stay warm, but the toughest thing that the majority of them face and you find that them reminiscing and talking about are their families, their friends, uh, the fact that they miss people to talk to. We were created for relationship. Jesus said the two greatest commandments are love God and love people. As a matter of fact, these two commandments have everything to do with how we relate relationship, how we relate to God and how we relate to others, how we relate to people. The law and the prophets could be summed up in these two things. That is Christianity in a nutshell. It's about loving God and loving people. Now, point number one, there are many reasons why people find themselves alone. And I want to talk about some of those reasons today. A subpoint under point number one would be sometimes we can unwittingly isolate ourselves or intentionally do it. And I would call this self-imposed isolation. Self-imposed isolation. I want to talk about some of these self-imposed isolations. For example... Some folks leave right after service. Soon as the altar call is given, they are up and they are gone and they're not getting their children from children's church. They don't take the time to mingle. Then they wonder why they don't have any friends or feel like this is such a big church and they're not connecting with others. Others of us have our own groups and cliques and aren't actively seeking to welcome people into the fold, which is another problem altogether, but I'm not going to go there. Amen. Say amen or say ouch. <laughs> Self-imposed isolation. Here's another one. Sometimes we isolate ourselves because of technology. Huge in this generation. For example, our phones. We're on our phones all the time, at, on our phones at the dinner table. I've sat in the worship services here at 6 o'clock and I've seen people on their phones. Sometimes I'm wondering, are they streaming the service on their phone, the 6 p.m. service on their phone, because they're so used to being on their phone that real life is like unfamiliar to them, so they have to be on their phone. So they're actually streaming the 6 o'clock on their phone. <laughs> Media, TV, television. Amen. Self-imposed isolation. Another one, sometimes we isolate ourselves, listen to this, because we are afraid of being hurt or disappointed. 
There are times when we may wish to be left alone out of fear of what we may face. It may be easier to stay in an unhealthy environment than to face the unknown. For example, Exodus chapter 14, you don't need to turn there, but in verses 10 through 14, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, why did you bring us out of here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why didn't you leave us in Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. A corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still. Watch what the Lord will do. The Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians you see, you'll never see again. And the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Chill out. Relax. <laughs> Self-imposed isolation. Sometimes we isolate ourselves because of shame or poor self-esteem. Remember Adam and Eve in the garden? They hid themselves after what they had done. Sometimes we can do that. We can hide ourselves. We don't want to come to church because we had a seemingly bad week or we don't even feel worthy enough to go to prayer or to lift our hands in worship so we hide ourselves. Here's another one. Some of us have grown up in homes where we were told not to share what's going on at home. Don't share what's going on. Now, folks, you don't share your business with everybody and anybody. You've got to use wisdom. The Bible talks about discretion. There is wisdom. You're not, you don't want to bring out your dirty laundry. You don't want to talk to somebody who's just going to do this and talk to somebody else. So you've got to use wisdom. You want to talk to people who are going to pray for you and stand with you and fight for you. Amen. But it's not biblical that's not biblical to, 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 to hide like that. To, 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 the, see, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Confess your struggles, your sins one to another. And pray for one another so that you may be healed. Here's another one. Some of us need time to process our feelings. To process our feelings. Example, I'm the type of person, if there's a problem, I want to hash it out. Let's, let's talk about it. Let, let's not sweep it under the table. Let's just talk about it. Let's hash it out right now. My wife, on the other hand, she's the type of person where she wants to go away and think about it and process, think about what's going on so that she can understand what she's feeling. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as later on we can get together and deal with the issue. But you have to get together and deal with the issue. And some of us will rather hide and not talk about things and not deal with things. But it's okay to get away. Some of us do need that alone time. That's why I said sometimes it's okay to be alone, to get alone, to process what you're feeling, to consider what's going on on the inside. Sometimes I myself, I don't even know what's what I'm actually feeling sometimes. And so that's okay. 
Here's another one. Singleness. Singleness. Huge issue. One, you know, one time we did a survey to see how many people are single. How many people are? Let, let me do that right now. How many people are single? By a show of hands. Real high. Keep your hand real high. Look around you. Look, look, look at all the single people around you. Yeah, Pastor Carter says, stand up so you can get a better look. <laughs> Some of you are like, like iron shopping. Some of you are looking around like, yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> Some of us are single today. Some of us are in this house. Many of you are single today. And you seemingly can't find the right prospect. And so suitors have come and gone. And you're like, no, 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 no. Not good enough. This person's not good enough. You know, there are others that have pursued their education and career, which is huge here in the city. Others have pursued their education and career, and there's nothing wrong with that, but now they've done that in their 20s and 30s, and now they find themselves in their mid-30s, late 30s, 40s, and they're in a panic. <laughs> now it's, oh my God, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. Jesus. <laughs> Amen. We're keeping it real. Self-imposed isolation. Another type of isolation. Sometimes, here's one you may not have considered. Second, uh, second uh, bullet point under our, our first point. Sometimes God separates us for a season. Hmm. I call this God-imposed isolation. A God-imposed, a God-impressed, a God-ordained isolation. Sometimes God separates us for a season to deal with us or to call us unto himself. There are seasons where the Lord allows us to be lonely so he can get our attention, see, so he can draw our attention so everything can begin to fade in the background and, and he becomes our, our focus, our single focus. We're running here, we're running there, we're doing this, we're pushing this button, we're pulling this lever, we're trying to kick this door down and the Lord is trying to get our attention. Genesis 32, you don't need to turn there. 24 says, and Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Jacob was having a living encounter with God and he was gonna go from being a supplanter, a deceiver to a prince, to a God-gripped man, to a man who was not going to lean on his own strength and understanding and, and, and ingenuity and striving and deceiving and his old nature, but a man who was going to now trust the Lord. So he was having a, a life-changing encounter with the Lord that night. Here's another one, Matthew 14, 23. And after he had dismissed the crowd, speaking of Jesus, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. 
When evening had come, he was there alone. He went to spend time with his father, and quite often he did that. As a matter of fact, before he chose the disciples, you'll find him getting alone with his father on the mountain, spending time in prayer, getting God's mind, and then the next day, having the mind of the Lord. You, 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 calling different men to follow him. Hallelujah. Bullet point number three under, under uh, point number one, uh, another type of isolation. Sometimes we may find ourselves alone because of the things we must deal with. Certain responsibilities or our lot in life, if you will, things we must, I call this circumstance-imposed isolation. For example, people who are chronically sick or bedbound or shut in. Maybe that's you online today. A shut in because of an affliction who feel this sense of loneliness. As God's children, let us reach out to those whom you know that's their story or those whom you may not have seen in the house for some time now. Maybe they used to sit by you and you don't see them anymore. Or those who look like they're loners or maybe those who may feel lonely that you, you know of. Another one, sometimes because of responsibility, it can feel lonely at the top. Circumstance imposed isolation. It can feel lonely at the top. Moses had the huge responsibility of leading God's people. Moses acknowledged that he could not carry this burden alone. In Numbers eleven fourteen, he says, I am not able to carry all this people alone. This burden is too heavy for me. Then the Lord God said to Moses in verse 17 of the same chapter, and I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And in other words, new elders that God was going to raise up to walk with Moses, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. Sometimes we have to learn to delegate things. This can apply to to, to pastors, it can apply to leaders, to bosses, employers, supervisors. It can apply to parents, even. You could be a single parent and, and, and have a, a, a teen in the house that can maybe help you with the younger ones. I've known many a mom or even dad who's had to do that. There are times when we may take on things that are too much for us alone. Or eventually... We may end up wearing ourselves out and those around us, but thank God for counsel. I thank God for Jethro's counsel to Moses at one particular point. In Exodus 18, 14 through 18, Moses is alone sitting and listening to the people's cases and judging all the matter. Moses is counseling approximately 2.4 million, 2 million people who had, 70 had gone into Egypt, and at the Exodus, it's estimated 2.4 million have come out. And here's Moses sitting from the dawn to dusk, counseling these people. Which was a good thing he was doing, you know. But he had needed uh, some advice, some counsel. He needed to learn how to delegate. Again, in this particular case, and his father, the Lord Jethro, comes and gives him advice. Folks, I can't even imagine being the only counselor in this church. <laughs> this congregation is seven, 8,000 people in this congregation, and I can't even imagine being the only counselor in this church. I thank God for the team of about 40 people that are there to help my wife and I shoulder the load in this church. 
Members of this body that love God with all their hearts, whom God has appointed and anointed and are gifted in counseling. Circumstance imposed isolation. And then the last isolation I wanted to talk about today are people imposed isolations. Sometimes we find ourselves alone because of choices others have made. Others have made. I think of the one who decides to stand up for Christ, for example, in their home, on their job, in their workplace, on their campus, in their community. And suddenly you find yourself isolated. You find yourself a target. Folks, I was the first one saved in my house. I know what that's like. I was the first one to become a born-again Christian, and I know what that's like, folks. I know what it is to be targeted. I know what it means to be called names. I know what that is, that pressure to feel on the job, to feel it at home, to feel it on my campus even. Elijah felt all alone at one point, but he wasn't. The Lord was with him. I said the Lord was with him. And 7,000 others were going through the very same situation. People impose isolation. There are those who are unhappy in a marriage because your spouse has checked out. There are those here today who have gone through divorce because a spouse chose to leave. And there's that sense of grief and loneliness. There are others here that have been bullied at school bullied on the job, bullied by a landlord, bullied, and you felt isolated. All you've tried to do is live for God and suddenly you find yourself in this furnace going through it. If you ever feel overwhelmed, if you ever feel like you're going under, seek counsel. Get help. Talk to a trained counselor about it. Get somebody who you know can touch heaven and pray with you and stand together with you. You don't have to face these things alone, folks. There are different kinds of isolation, self-imposed, God-imposed, circumstance-imposed, people-imposed. Do you know which one applies to you today? Pray and ask the Lord to reveal the root of your loneliness. If you don't know where it comes from, God will show you what the root is and what's actually going on. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. You know, as counselors, we'll sit and talk to people and we have people who come into, their, into our office and, and they're talking and they're talking about different things. And quite often they'll be talking about the, the, the ripple effects of what's going on or the fruit of what's going on but not even really knowing what the root is. And so the Holy Spirit has to show us what is the root of the issue? What is the root of the issue? Put a finger on where is that coming from? Where is it stemming from? What happened? What is going on there? And God is faithful to do that, folks, today. I said God is faithful because he cares about you. As a matter of fact, he's madly in love with you. He's incredibly passionate about you today. You are the apple of his eye. You are that joy 
that was set before him that caused him to endure the cross and overcome its shame today. Hallelujah. Those that trust in him will never be put to shame. Sometimes we need to be alone, but this should not always be the norm. This should not be the norm, folks. What is the remedy? Point number two, what is the remedy? Spend time with Jesus. Spend time with the Lord. Get alone in God's presence. Get with God today. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus said, I call you friends. You know, we sing it. I am a friend of God, right? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend, right? But how many of us actually really believe that? That the Lord, you know, he, he, he's excited when you come and spend time with him. He so looks forward to it. I had the Lord tell me that one time. When I, when I had just gotten saved, I didn't know any Christian lingo, but the Lord spoke to me on terms that I could understand. He, he, he told me one time, you know I like hanging out with you. <laughs> he told me that. He said, I like hanging out with you. <laughs> the Lord called Abraham his friend. If you need help in a certain area, like ministry, ask the Lord to send you laborers. Didn't he say the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few? Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Folks, I remember a time when we went through a, a great difficulty where we had a number of people who had unfortunately risen up against leadership, talking bad about leadership, and left this church. And a number of, uh, uh, of our young people got swept up in this, this tide of evil. And unfortunately, they left the church and a number of youth workers that were here, on, here as well ended up getting poisoned by listening to a bad report and left. And it just left my wife and I and two other young ladies to have to manage the high school and young adult ministry. And I remember this promise and I began to pray. I said, God, we need help. At one point, I was leading worship here. At the same time, I was the worship leader here. So I was leading all the worship service, 10 o'clock, 3 o'clock, uh, 6 p.m., Tuesday night. At that point, we had a Thursday night prayer meeting. Friday night, I was leading all the worship services. And I had to pray, God, we, I need help. We need help. Raise up others. Raise up others. And little by little, God began to raise up others and send others here to a point where I was finally able to Pass the baton to the next generation. Folks, this thing works. I said, this thing works. Jesus can fix it. He can work it out. I said, he can work it out. The word of God says, my God shall supply all your needs. Pastor Gary talked about it this morning. Shared a powerful message this morning. Using this same verse of scripture, you talk about confirmation. My God shall supply some of your needs. Most of your needs. Majority of your needs. Somebody say all. All your needs. The Bible says he satisfies the thirsty heart and fills the hungry with good things. 
the hungry with good things, folks. Hallelujah. He is a father to the fatherless, a husband to the widow, a shelter from the storm. He is everything that you and I will ever need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is your supply. Praise the living God. What is the remedy? We said spend time with Jesus. Point three. My last point, spend time with others. Spend time with others. Help, I feel alone. Spend time with others. Spend time with others. God created us to be social beings. God saw that it was not good for man to be alone, so he created a helpmate. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 says this. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says this. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. They can help each other succeed. If you go on to read the other verses, we won't post the other verses, but if you go on to read the other verses, verse 10 through, through uh, 12, it says this. It says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? If uh, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer, three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Is not easily broken. Sometimes we don't feel like being around people but sometimes we have to press through that. You and I have to learn to press through that. And when we do, we end up getting blessed and feeling better. Being blessed and feeling better as a result. Spending time with others. A bullet point under spending time with others. What does that look like? Well, spending time with the body of Christ. Spending time with the body of Christ. The foot cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. We need fellowship. We need fellowship. You know, recently I was sharing how this, because of various conversations we had had with some folks, this, this topic was impressed on my heart, on, on our hearts. We, we were talking with a, a couple, and I know they wouldn't mind sharing this, but we were just talking about just the sense, they were battling a sense of, this couple, a sense of loneliness. And, uh, and, my wife said, well, how often are you coming to church? And they said, well, I only come to church this one, I only come to church one service. And, uh, well, you know, we began to think to ourselves, hmm. And then we were speaking with another young lady and she was telling us how her mother-in-law battles loneliness uh, and feels disconnected. And we said, how often is she coming to church? Oh, one service. You know, the Bible says, if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. If we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. If you come to church only once a week, it's a bit harder to connect with folks. It's a bit harder to connect with folks uh, as a result. He that hath friends must show himself to be friendly. You know, if you're going to connect with people, you've got to be approachable and accessible. Right? 
accessible. Like we talked about, service is over, out the door. Well, how can anybody access you? <laughs> how are you going to connect with? Folks, this is very practical, very simple. It's not revelatory. But maybe it is for some folks here today. Very practical, approachable, accessible. Sometimes, uh, you know, I, I've seen folks, I've gone to greet folks and they look at me and they've got like, I don't know if they realize it. <laughs> like a scowl. Almost like they're looking at you like, <laughs> God bless you. You're, you're not even sure. You know what to say to them. And they're looking at you like, are you approachable? He that has friends, if you're going to have friends, are you friendly? Are you approachable? Grr. <laughs> it's like sitting in my head. <laughs> Something else to think about. Hashtag things for you at Times Square Church. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there are plenty of opportunities now for you to get involved, so there is no excuse. For you to be running alone, folks, for you to be going at this alone, for you not to connect with people here in this house. Plenty of opportunities for you to find fellowship here at the church. There are all these different interest groups, and they're not, these are not church services. This is not, uh, you're not going to get together with people for an hour for another church service. It's not getting together and worshiping and somebody bringing forth a message uh, you know, who that's not even their gifting, you know, no, no, that, that's not what this is. You know, you know, this is, this is you getting together with people centered around your own interests, own interests. For example, there is an actors group for people who are in show business or in, uh, uh, this, this is not for wannabe actors. This is for, this is for people who, this is, this is for people so to get together so that you can encourage one another and fellowship together and talk about common interests. Uh, here's another one, draw and discover for artists. Another one centered around basketball, getting together and playing basketball and having a good time and being real and God using that uh, to reach even others that see you as a Christian, being real, Amen. being anointed and normal. Body weight workout, which Pastor Gary referred to this morning for those who want to work out. A book club, conversational English for those who want to practice English. There's mom time, there's neighborhood nutrition, new New Yorkers for those who are new to the city and want tips. Uh, folks, there's, there's a run club, there's a street photography club where you learn how to take pictures with your cell phone, with others who like to do that. Uh, <laughs> folks... I don't know what's funny about this. <laughs> this must be a happy bunch this afternoon. You must be happy. <laughs> Hashtag things for you at Times Square Church. So folks, there is no excuse not to get plugged in, not to get involved, not to be able to connect with others. 
The Lord has provided plenty of opportunities for you and I to get together with others. Hebrews 10, 24 says, not forsaking the assemblings of ourselves together. Now listen to this, right along the, the lines of this. We need one another. We need other people and other people need us. You know, quite often we come to church only thinking, what am I going to get out of this? But have you ever considered that the Lord sent you to this church to be a blessing to someone else? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, which is the manner of some, but getting together, provoking, encouraging one another in the Lord. Even as we see the day of the Lord approaching, we each have something to bring to the table. We are unique, special. Some of us are even eccentric. Other, others of us are very different. We each have our level of weirdness. <laughs> but we are important and necessary within the body. The Lord has entrusted us with each other. It is a stewardship. To a certain respect, we are responsible for one another. Jesus said, by this shall men know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. We are our brother's keeper. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? Do you know where your brother is? Do you know where your sister is? That sister, that brother that you haven't seen for some time. The Bible says the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He may try to isolate you in order to pick you off. Spend time with the body. Spend time with your family. Enjoy them as much as you can. I know some situations are not necessarily super healthy. So as much as you can, spend time with your family and be a light and be yourself. Another bullet point on the spending time with others. Spend time with your family. Spend time with friends. Let the Lord use you to encourage someone. The Bible says those that refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Encourage somebody. Encourage somebody. If you have no friends, ask the Lord for some. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is God Almighty, the one that will see to our needs. He knows your need today and he's prepared to meet it. You know, I'd like, I want to say something about online dating. <laughs> now, you might be surprised by what, what I'm going to say. I know some who have had success with it. I'm not going to go deep. I know others who have not had success with it. I've done weddings of people who have met online. Whatever you choose to do, 
because of your convictions is up to you. Whatever you feel the Lord telling you to do. But let me suggest a couple of things. Whatever you do, keep it clean. Keep it public. Don't don't isolate yourself with somebody you've just met. Or even somebody here in this house that you don't really know. Don't be isolating yourself with people. Keep it clean, keep it public. Pastor Carter at one point has shared, the date ends at the door. He preached a message some time ago called From Deadlock to Wedlock. I'd suggest you go on our website and you listen to that if, you're, if that's the stage you're in in your life, From Deadlock to Wedlock. You can do a search in our uh, sermons engine, search engine on our sermon uh, page. Keep it clean. Keep it public. Stay accountable. Tell somebody what you're doing. And stay safe. Amen? Whenever you feel like you're all alone, just remember it's not true. God Almighty, Jesus, the lover of your soul, is present with you. He said, I will never leave you. And you know, if you look it up in the original language, it says, I will never, ever leave you. And I will never, never, never forsake you. Give the Lord a hand clap offering. I'm done. (laughs) Let's stand together. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord today. Lift your hands to the Lord today. And I, he's here. The scripture says, and the, the entrance of his word brings light. It brings understanding. It brings clarity. God wants you and I to understand his ways how he rolls, how he operates, what he's doing. And if he's spoken to you today, as your hands are raised, I just want you to talk to him. Just tell him, Lord, thank you. Thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for bringing clarity. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for watching over me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for freeing me. Thank you for delighting in me. Thank you for having me engraved on the palm of your hand. Thank you that you've got everything under control. (laughs) 
Thank you for being my supply. My righteousness, my holiness, my all in all. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being the lover of my soul, Lord. Thank you for freedom today from depression. Thank you for freedom from suicidal thoughts. Thank you for healing in relationships between brothers and sisters, between family members. Thank you today, Lord, for, for friends. Thank you for friendships. Thank you that you're going to send me friends. You're going to help me to connect with other people. Thank you for opportunities to connect with other people in the days ahead. By faith, Lord, I thank you now on this side of the Red Sea. I choose to praise you. I choose to thank you, Lord. God, I thank you today. I choose to bless you. I thank you for, for healing marriages. God, I thank you for providing life partners. God, I thank you for meeting my need. I thank you today. Lord, and I want to thank you for filling us with your presence. Reassuring us of your love. And extending to us your grace. For our hope is in you, Lord. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.